Hej och hjärtligt välkommen till Travel News Podcast. Idag blir det ett samtal från Grand Travel Award där jag intervjuade Anko van der Werf och Paul Verhagen som är två av de högsta cheferna för SAS. Anko, ja han har räddat SAS under en konkurs och är på väg att fusionera in det svenska eller skandinaviska flygbolaget i Air France KLM-koncernen. Det blir frågor om detta och det blir frågor om vad som händer med Eurobonus och om folk får behålla sina guldkort och hur ska flyget bli hållbart? Ja, en massa intressanta frågor. Få svar och för dig som är intresserad av flyg och flygutveckling i Sverige. Men först vill jag bara påminna om Travelius Premium. Det är vår tjänst för dig som vill ha ett bra beslutsunderlag i reseindustrin. Många de tänker att oh, jag kan bara sticka upp fingret i luften och veta vad jag tycker. Eller så finns det de som läser om bokslut, de läser analyser av reseindustrin och får nyheter från långt borta och de vet vad hotellet bredvid omsätter. Alla de här sakerna skriver Travel News löpande om. Vi publicerar över 1000 premiumartiklar varje år. Och jag lovar att alla är inte intressanta för dig men vill du bli chef eller beslutsfattare i resindustrin finns det väldigt mycket för dig att läsa hos oss. Skaffa Travel News Premium om du vill vara en seriös människa i vår industri. Men nu kan du lyssna på intervjun med Anko van der Werf och Paul Verhagen helt gratis på Travel News podcast. Gör gärna det. I'm very proud to have my two guests and my two have you been uh, trying to get Anko van der Werf, the CEO of SAS to come here and finally he's here. I'm so glad to have him and he's brought uh, a new guy from uh, Holland as well. Paul and Anko, please welcome up on stage. Was it, was it so you're hard to get a hold stand, of us? Uh, stand you're, here, please. We're going to stand here. Perfect. Yes. All right. Okay, this is going to be recorded and this is going to be a podcast. How many has listened to Travel News podcast? Please applaud. Uh, great, you know, but the podcast is really good. All the podcasts start with the same question and is uh, say your name and say your title. So the yeah. tape begins. So please. Uh, Perfect. So my name is Anko van der Werf and I am the president and CEO of SAS. And who are you? Paul Vraga, Chief Commercial Officer of SAS. You a new face here in our industry. Uh, please explain, who are you? <laughs> yeah, Paul. Yeah. Who are you? Well, actually, not so much to the industry, but maybe to the Swedish uh, travel industry. I've been in the wonderful airline business for over 20 years. Um, this is my fifth airline. Um, actually, back in the day, and we have to go quite a bit back in the day, uh, I spent four of those 20 plus years here in Scandinavia as the head of Air France Kalem in, uh, in Norway, for Norway, Finland and the Baltic. So, yeah, back, happy to be back to a uh, part of the world that I love a lot. He likes the weather. Okay, I have one more question. Every time uh, somebody gets a new job, I ask, uh, send uh, some questions out. And yep. one of the questions I ask is, why did you think your boss hired you? You are not allowed I, to answer. Yeah, can can I do it? I still, yeah, I've tried the last six months to figure that one out. I still haven't. Um, but hey, yeah, there must be a reason. Uh, so, Anka, why did you hire this guy? Yeah, so what, what I think Paul is really excellent at is um, making that connection between what we would like as a business 
and really making sure that your needs are covered. Um, I think you have all seen over the last 10, 20 years um, quite some focus on different channels, e-commerce and what have you, but we still are 50% of indirect, so 50% is still with all of you, and that is something that I still want to develop. Um, Paul has been, he says 20 years, I think it's close to 30 anyway. Um, <laughs> but um, he's been in the industry for a long time in many different airlines, in many different, um, yeah, call it geographies. And always really closely working also with the travel trade. So for us, it was very good to have someone who has a airline knowledge, has airline knowledge from a much broader scope than I think many of us have in this market, um, and has of course that experience in dealing with the different channels. So um, that was uh, that was it. Yeah, and on that, sorry, I don't want to oh, start oh, okay. hijacking. We're fine with that now. We have okay. Oh, okay. Now I have a lot of on. questions. Um, so my first question to you, Anku, is SAS is the most important uh, uh, company in the travel news uh, universe. How do you see that responsibility? Yeah, I, I, well, yeah that's, a, that's a broad question. Look, I, I think, indeed, we have that responsibility towards all of you and all of the different constituents. It's been something that I've been very vocal about as part of the restructuring. I think there is no chance that you see this market without SAS, and, and we prove to be right, right? We can now say that we have raised the $1.3 billion. You have seen that we have found those new investors. And for me, quite frankly, that was never a surprise, right? I mean, this, this is such a a intricate uh, piece of the, call it, travel infrastructure as a whole for all of Scandinavia that I was always confident that we were going to make it. Um, but again, that's a lot of constituents and a lot of different interests. And so, hey, there is a group that is here today um, and very happy to team up with all of them. And thanks to all of that support over the years from all of those constituents, we are now again, I think, as of this summer, in a very good position. SAS is a very big shift. You're going out of the stock market. You're being a part of something bigger. Uh, tell me about this shift process. Uh, what do you think is the most important things that happen yeah. to the company? Yeah. No. So, so I think there's there's probably there's probably two things there. And and one there is for customer and what does it mean for alliances and maybe also Paul can come back a bit on that. I think the the other thing, what I'm looking forward to, and I really have never meant to criticise any of our previous or current shareholders or whatever, but I think it is quite difficult to navigate in this ownership structure that we're having, um, and that has always meant that we have to be everything for everyone in all of Scandinavia. And I think, uh, long conversations, including with Jana Carlson and others about it, I think that worked for a certain period of time. But after deregulation, which has already happened quite a few years ago, it becomes more difficult, right? You have charter companies, you have low cost, you have long haul, you have this and that and the other, and we have to be that for all these different markets. It becomes too much. And so I think we will make clearer choices without being able to share here and now really what those choices are, um, what we will be and what we will do. The most important thing for this year is to make sure that our customers feel as little as possible about our alliance move. Stock market or not, passengers don't care about, right? Really, whether you're listed or not, um, as long as we run a decent company. What is important for us this year is how will that transition from the Star Alliance to Sky Team go? That is an important one. 
we will get back to that. Paul, uh, I have read now that SAS is going to sell for 48 billion Swedish crown this year. Mm. That's six more billions than the last time you had. 42 was the last one. How are you going to do that? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, we're working on a network. Some of these things have already been announced. You will see us growing uh, mostly intercontinentally going forward, right? There's the announcement of, of more frequencies to, uh, to New York, more capacity to Boston, a new route to Atlanta, more frequencies to Asia. And of course, we're going to do uh, network, network adjustments on our European network as well. So there, there's, there's the number of destinations in the network, and then there is the utilization of our fleet. I think there we can also do more. If we compare ourselves to benchmark airlines, we uh, could fly more and we will fly more hours per day with our aircraft. Um, so that is from that perspective, and then also a bit in line with what Uncle just said in terms of market and the changing market and, and, and alliance change. Um, yeah, the market has changed. Uh, SES has always been a very much corporate-focused airline. We will continue to be that, but we will also uh, target ourselves to a different uh, market segment, and as a result, you will see some changes in our product offering and our brand positioning, etc. That new customer segment that we were not maybe that interested, interesting for before, that should also help in uh, reaching those figures. And in general, well, and I think we all are aware, fares have gone up, right? So that also, of course, helps I, revenue. If you have less share and business, uh, how much is less share? How much will be business? Uh, that depends a lot on the, on the season and on the routes. Um, but you have 48 billions to sort of... Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, let, let's, let's put it differently. Um, on each of our flight, roughly 40% of the customers that are on board are Eurobonus customers. That doesn't necessarily mean that they are flying for, for business, but it gives some kind of an indication. Of course, the share of, of business is much bigger in Scandinavia than, for example, on our routes to, to South Europe. Anko, the problem is actually not the money going in, but there's so much money going out. Costs for SS is higher than the Norwegian, but also much, much higher than uh, Ryanair. I know that you're making tough decisions in the company. Uh, what will the cost level be in the future? And will it be possible to have lower costs and still be like the SAS product? Yeah, I think so. Um, and look, the clearest example of that has been, of course, the renegotiation of our leases, right? These are the same aircraft. And so as soon as we emerge from this restructuring process, all of that's already negotiated, all of that is signed. We just have to wait for the emergence from Chapter 11. You pay literally one billion less for the same aircraft going forward. Right? So it's the same aircraft, the exact same aircraft, with the exact same seats, with the exact same everything, and we're going to pay a billion less. Those kind of deals we have been able to sign with many different parties. Right? So that, that, of course, is the clearest example. And then to come back to your earlier point, um, different cost structures, there is also a very different product. Right? Uh, Ryan um, and others don't fly to Asia, don't fly to the United States. In the United States, we'll have a very strong partner. In Asia, we'll now have a very strong partner in Shanghai, for instance, right, with China Eastern. So also the feed again and the high net uh, worth individuals' connectivity that really travels all of that will be again very centered to, to what we are. Um, the loyalty product that really no one in Scandinavia has the way we do, seven and a half million people that are still loyal to us going into the pandemic, that was about five million. So imagine the growth we have actually seen over the last three years. 
all of that leads to a different cost structure, but it's also a very different product and something that we really can make a living on. And I think, if I may, we go there, I think, <clears throat> let's be very transparent here, right? The cost is an issue, but the real issue, I think, is that we must make sure that that product, that, that there is willingness to pay for the product that we have, that people actually see that there's a justification in the price difference between us and others because of our product. And I think that is where we will be focusing on very much going forward, to have that product that people say, yes, I'm willing to pay this extra more because I do recognize that this is a um, better product than, than, than competitors. You started a long haul line from Gothenburg to New York. How long was it on? Um, yeah, in the end, I think there's going to be a year, um, right? So roughly from 1st of April to the 1st of April. Um, I don't think, uh, probably your next question is, well, why is it gone? I don't think it's a failure. Um, I certainly see that that will be back in the future. Um, but, but the long-haul product, especially in the business uh, segment, uh, they are looking for more long-haul from Orlando, not from Kastrup. Uh, what can you say to those people? They wrote an article in Dagens Nyheter. It was actually not about SAS, but underline you can feel a... <laughs> Frustration, why is SAS not uh, having more long haul from Stockholm? Yeah, when I read that article, I don't think it's a frustration towards SAS. I think it's a frustration towards, um, you have seen this, all of you have seen this, the corporate market is certainly not back to even close to where it was in 2019. Um, uh, flight shaming has had its impact and the infrastructural decisions have had an impact. Um, a passenger tax definitely doesn't help. Um, I have been very vocal myself about the um, lack of quality at Arlanda, and that's not a dig at Svedavia. I think just the operational setup of Arlanda is pretty bad. If you look at this winter season, uh, we have the icing at the gates at Arlanda. We can all dislike whatever airports you just mentioned or other airports, but they don't have that. And that's right, there's a lot of towing, there's a lot of distances, there's a lot of ground to cover at Arlanda. And so it needs an infrastructural push. That really is what it needs. And I think, right, is even if, if, if someone like Ryanair with the lowest cost is not pulling out of the domestic market, um, I would read the article much more in, in that context. Okay, uh, Eurobonus, it's uh, religion among many of my friends. <laughs> and now they can't sleep during night because what will happen to the Eurobonus program? Yeah. What shall I say to them? Paul? Well, it's a very easy answer. Absolutely nothing. Uh, but they are worried. They, 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 yeah. like, they, they love Storyline. No, no, no. Yeah. They love lounges. Yeah. Um, Will okay. they not be able to in the Story Alliance uh, launches anymore? Okay, a few things here. So, first of all, Eurobonus is the frequent flyer program of SES, not of a certain alliance, right? So, the fact that we eventually move alliance doesn't mean that your bonus disappears or, or what have you. Absolutely not. We will, your points are safe, your, your redemption possibilities are safe, your, your journey towards lifetime gold or whatever you have is safe, everything is safe. What will eventually change, of course, as we change alliances, is the opportunity on what airlines to, um, to, uh, to uh, gain and redeem your points. I think actually the opportunities will only grow because next to or additional to the Sky Team members that, of course, eventually are your bonus uh, people can uh, make use of. I think I can share here that 
it is pretty safe to say already that we will continue some of our bilateral relationships with some of the current Starlines partners. So it's not that all of them disappear. I cannot share, share here and now which ones those will be, but they will have the Sky Team partners, which cover as much of the world as, as Star does, and then some of the current Sky Team partners. Sorry, some of the current Star partners. Sorry. And I'll say I'll say two things. First of all, clearly, all of us at SAS and all of the ones who have been there for 25 years, and some of them have worked uh, in in those departments for years, have done an excellent job in telling the world that Star Alliance apparently was the best alliance. So the marketing message stuck. We're going to tell a different story. And the story is that the Star Alliance has also been quite difficult for us to navigate through. We were never allowed to be in a joint venture. We will have those joint ventures. And those joint ventures will be an absolute star for all of you and all of your passengers. Because that connectivity, both in the United States and at some point also in other parts of the world, will drive something additional that you have never seen. And so I do think, with all my respect, we are very proud founders of the Star Alliance, but we also have to look at some of those facts, and I think we will have a very good home where we're going to. And I will iterate, and I've said this now in the press, I don't know how often we've shared this individually with members. The program is ours. The points are yours. Your status is yours and ours. And so whatever conspiracy theorists want to keep on believing in, I don't know how often we will have to say, you will keep your level and you will keep your points. Will we have some extra points soon or because they... they if, if they, fly, if, if they keep on flying with us, yes, they, they will, will have extra points. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, uh, when I, s I don't have so many points, but I understand that the system works uh, for two ways. It's, you want to have loyalty and you want to sell space in the aircraft that you want to, that's it's empty. What's, it's the most important thing? No, loyalty, uh, loyalty. It's, abs it's absolutely yeah. loyalty, right? You have to realize we are almost 8 million members in our Eurobonus uh, family. Um, that creates enormous loyalty, that creates an enormous richness in, in, in getting to know your customer. So that, that is... Yeah. The core reason. Okay, we're going to talk a little bit about the environment and uh, pollution and things like that. And well, sorry, and I, sorry, Vigo. I, I, what was extraordinary for me to see here? So get to SES, and I really wanted to see customers, and I've also tried to see corporate and agency and everybody else. But one of the big things we did was those Eurobonus Diamond events, and. Eurobonus Diamond events work as follows. We tell people, okay, now we have 250 seats. We're going to do an organ. We're, we're going to do an event. We're going to do an evening in Stockholm, Copenhagen, and Oslo. 250 seats each location. Or the first times it was actually 300 seats. It took less than 30 minutes for people to register and pay for those seats to come and mingle with us, talk to us, listen to us. What is SCS going to do? How, is, how are things going to look? I find it extraordinary. People pay to attend. That is the loyalty that we have at SCS. That is unreal. Yeah, but it's a religion, you know. You pay no. in church as well. Almost <laughs> so, but it works in the same way. Okay, we leave that. We understand. I will tell them that you... Yes, please. Yes, yes. yes. They yeah. come to me and ask a lot of questions. Yes. Uh, but now I, I don't have to... Ex they, before they always asked, when is SAS going bankruptcy? And I say, now I can say, it's not going to happen. So, so they're a little bit more happy. Yes. But they're very worrying kind. Uh, we're talking a little bit of the environment. Uh, 
when will SAS be net zero? Yeah, so, so, so I think as an industry that is clearly the biggest challenge. As an industry, the industry has said 2050, right, through IATA. And I think we have to be realistic there with all the attempts, with all the power and money that certainly SAS, because we are at the forefront of all of this, have managed. I do think that probably that 2050 is, is accurate. Few things. First of all, let's go all the way down the road. Hydrogen will be massive, but it's not invented yet. Right? Hydrogen is invented, but hydrogen on an airplane and how to get green hydrogen into an airplane, there is still no structure for that. And that will be a large chunk of what humanity will need. And Airbus thinks that they can have those aircraft ready by 2035. I hope that they will be able to produce that in 2035. I also hope that they will be able to produce that immediately a thousand aircraft. My answer is it's not going to happen, right? They will start producing with very low quantities. So the aircraft that we're ordering today will be there for 25, 30 years, right? So 2050 is a safe bet. Then you have electrical flying. Well, um, that is an, 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 a challenge in its own right, not so much for two-seaters or four-seaters. They're flying right now. We have a two-seater as well, a pipistrelle, that flies electric. Fantastic. When was the last time, let me see a quick show of hands, when was the last time you were on an aircraft with two seats? Right. Okay. When was the last time you were on something with over 100 seats? Okay, so, right? The whole point is not so much that it's electrical aviation for two seats, four seats, 10 seats, 20 seats. How are you going to get 100, 150, 200 seater that flies 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 kilometers? That will take its time. Until then, we are spending all of our money on sustainable aviation fuel. We're spending all of our money on fleet renewals. We have this summer 67 Airbus A320neos, which is the most efficient aircraft out there. We see some airlines that are happy because they're introducing that same aircraft now. I will not name and shame who some of those competitors are, but they've got one or two this summer. We are at 67. We've put our money where our mouth is, but I still want to urge for some realistic behavior over the next few years. It's going to take time. What do you say? Are you hopeful or...? In terms of sustainability? Yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, 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 and as Hanko said, the important thing is that we put our money where our mouth is, right? And, and it basically comes down to fleet. Again, uh, 67 uh, NEOs, uh, fuel, uh, where actually if you look at the rankings, percentage-wise is still small amounts, but we are the second the, we are the second airline, not in Europe, in the world when it comes to usage of, uh, of SAS, SAF. Uh, and then there's waste and weight, and we do a lot of things there as well, right? Reducing weight on the aircraft, reducing waste on the aircraft, what we will be introducing in a few weeks, for example, if you travel with us intercontinentally, you can pre-select your meal, um, so that one, you have the choice guaranteed, um, and two, there is less waste. So, um, which, is, which is a really important one. Now also on short haul, you can actually deselect your food. It's yeah. one of my pet peeves. I really am raised, and I think as all of you, don't throw any food away. You always have to finish your plates, right? Your parents were really strict on that. No, but they were, right? I mean, let's be honest. And if you look at how much food we're throwing away, it is obscene. And so we have now that option to deselect. It's for all European flying and indeed for intercontinental, you can, you can pre-select. Please do it. I now do it as well. Of course, if it's a breakfast flight, have the breakfast. But if you don't need it, um, deselect. It is not a cost-saving measure. This is about ethically, morally doing the right thing. 
Okay, we leave that. Consolidation in European flight markets going on. When will Air France and K KLM own every part of SAS? Yeah, that's a question for them. Um, I can tell you at least what they have said publicly about that. They have been um, both in the press release and in the press um, quite vocal or quite clear about it, I should say. They have an option after two years, and that option will last for a number of years. It's not like it's two years, use it or lose it. Um, but the first moment it could be is after two years of completion of this um, deal. Right, this, this, this initial investment deal. We expect to close on this initial investment deal this summer, um, right? So the whole chapter 11 process, etc., to be wrapped up by this summer, and then it would be two years from then. Will you buy a bra flyg like a Norwegian bought Vidovre? Vidovre? <laughs> I, I think they also have their own issues to sort out first, so uh, I, I'm, not, them. I'm, I'm not focused on that, no. Okay, I think uh, sometimes that SAS can be a little bit snobbish uh, uh, airline compared to Ryanair, where I have a lot of contact with them as well. Is this good to be snobbish or not? Businessmen's airlines... You want to like go first? That. What do you uh, say about the brand? Well, I guess it's perception and everyone has a different opinion. <clears throat> I call snobbish insulting your customers on social media, right? Which is something that's, that Ryanair is very good at. We, we would not do that. Um, I can see where you come from because, again, as I said before, right, our, our, our positioning was more of a corporate and, and hence serious, which could be read as snobbish airline. We're moving away from that. Of course, our core is, is, is still that business customer. We do realize that the market has changed. And hence, as we go into different customers, we will also change our brand positioning and our tone of voice. So, yeah, if, 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 if that is perceived as snobbish, we will uh, change that. But again, yeah, I, I, I don't necessarily agree to the statement that Ryanair is not snobbish. And, 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 and I think there's concrete examples of that, right? I mean, Destination Unknown. Have you heard about Destination Unknown? Yeah? Great. Um, who of you have registered? Well, you start from Orlando, people... 6,000 people signed up within minutes, literally minutes, right? So, it's fantastic. It's a completely new product. Um, we're looking... On Monday, we're going to see, really, in the end, how many there were and how many um, age groups and whatever, right? So what are we targeting here? But I think those are surprising things by SAS that really will change the mood and feel over time. Oh, you'll see more of that. Okay. Yeah, I know we have a lot of smart people in here in the room. If somebody wants to ask a question, you are allowed to raise your hand. And uh, Marie has a mic. Somebody wants to ask a question. You know, we have a great opportunity here. Nobody wants to ask. Don't be shy. We should give everybody a whiskey and then everybody <laughs> will ask. No, no worries? Well, let me ask you a question. Yes. Who of you have flown over the last 12 months? Who of you have flown SAS over the last 12 months? Thank you. Who of you have seen on our websites that we have biofuel already available on our websites that you can buy and who has actually bought sustainable aviation fuel from us? And so, please, also for all of you, where you can and where your customers can, Please, this is not an industry supply thing. It also has to come from the demand side, right? The whole sustainability thing, 
everybody cares about the planet, everybody wants to go there, we're all spending gazillions on making sure we get there, the one piece that is missing is actually the demand side. I think the number is currently about half a percent of our passengers buy sustainable aviation fuel. We've made it extremely clear on our websites. We have now special fares, biofuel fares, etc., etc., that you can buy. You can buy it in N-series in increments of 20 minutes. All of that is available. We have to please also address that to the ones who travel in the end. Okay, I'm going to finish off. When we meet here in five years, uh, will there still be SAS like we see it today? Yep. And bigger. Better. Okay, thank you very much. Applaud. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry, you're going to have flowers? Oh. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank you, you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks. Thank you. Ja, det var ännu en podcast-intervju från Travel News. Jag hoppas att du har en bra dag. Och du vet väl att du kan få Travel News nyhetsbrev gratis. Bara gå in på sidan och skriv upp din adress. Du är även välkommen på Travel News Studio som vi kör här den 14 mars. Och då är temat resejournalistik i TikTok-eran. Hur ska man marknadsföra sig i sociala kanaler med hjälp av influencers? Och vad säger Skattemyndigheten? Vad säger reklamombudsmannen? Det blir en hel dag tillsammans med Lina. En halv dag blir det förlåt mig en eftermiddag. Med Lina Skandervall som moderator. Och jag kommer förstås också vara där. Vi ses då kanske. Och så hörs vi snart igen i Travel News podcast. Och varje dag på travelnews.se.